0: What is happening, fellow fantasy GM? I'm JJ Wang. He's the bearded one DJ Dove with our powers combined. We are the fantasy
1: career. What is up, JJ Wang? How you doing today? Doing
0: fantastic. Uh, it's a nice day out. Did get a little bit of rain earlier. So I just wanted to give everybody a warning before it starts. I am watching the England and Italy soccer game. So if there happens to be a goal and I get excited, I I apologize in advance.
1: And I will keep us up with real football because um, this is a podcast of real American football. As we are going, I will ignore soccer. And by the time you listen to this, it'll be Wednesday. So you probably know, or if you can pay attention, know that the soccer game is over by now when it is posted. So we record a little early so we can get it ready And with our busy schedules. Um, It's the best. We usually record on the weekends. We might do a little, as we get to the regular season, post stuff closer to our Wednesday release date uh, as we go in. So today we have a a pretty jam-packed show. We have four topics we really want to get into. We're going to start with a new segment this week called the Versus segment. As we get into draft season, we're going to talk about different types of draft, different strategies, different ways we can approach the draft. And we're going to have two we're going to have two things competing against each other, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of each. This week, our first versus segment is going to be redraft versus dynasty. We both have been involved in each, and we both have, a, I think, the same affinity for one or the other. So do you want to, uh, Jason Sitter, get us started with a little bit of redraft?
0: All right, so typically, you know, redraft is the first thing you're going to play. I mean, that's what you, that's why you fall in love with fantasy football. Uh, you can draft your team, and if you do a really bad job, I mean, hey, by the end of the season, it's over. Throw it away. You can start over next year. So, I mean, it's constant. But, I mean, it's super fun. I mean, the drafts are, the drafts are a blast. Uh, you know, these drafts are usually live. Get with all your buddies. Nothing better than a live draft. I mean, I think they're the, the, funnest, the funnest part of, of fantasy, getting together with your 10 or 12 friends. Right? You agree with that, right? 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's where you fall in love with the redraft part. So you spend, you know, years playing redraft, you know, if in my case, constantly losing. I can't seem to win. No matter how much time I spend on it, I just can't seem to win redraft. But then, you know, you find, you find Dynasty, and you're like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And that's what happened to me, and to be honest, I have found myself being a really good dynasty player. I mean, I can focus a lot. My my team usually wins more in, on the dynasty side than I ever have won on the redraft side, I feel like. How, how, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, so redraft's where I started, and a lot of my redraft leagues early on were keeper leagues, where we keep one or two. So it's still basically redraft, throwing most of the people back in and we did a redraft for multiple years I had multiple redraft leagues and then we discovered the auction draft now that, that we'll talk about that later on but that totally changed redraft for me really that's my main redraft league anymore that we do in august yeah. is the auction league which is a total game changer the i think honestly the thing that ruined redraft mostly for me was the internet having the internet it makes it easier to redraft and on the internet you people don't have to show up They can auto draft. They can skip. We had a guy that we used to do live in-person redraft and some dude didn't show up. So sent us a list. He said, here, pick my players. And once you get down to your list, the dude had five kickers by the end of the draft. We said, Hey, it's on your list. You put it there. That's how it goes. As opposed to what happens now in the redraft on the computer is it goes best overall option. So we're fighting against the auto draft picks and that strategy doesn't dictate you fight against auto draft strategy dictates you go against people. And, Redraft, is, it's, it's still fun for me more for the personal aspect. Like I make sure when I do redraft leagues that I'm able to talk to people. That's why the auction league we do, I tell everybody we had to do in person last year with the COVID, you know, we did it. It was zoomed all over creation. Our auction draft is two dudes who are in Alaska. One, he, one guy actually moved to Utah this year. So it'll be Alaska and Utah. And then everybody else comes in person, which makes it so much better because you get to talk to people. You'll talk football all night. We grill out. Some guy in the draft brings us really awesome meat. And uh, yeah, that's that's the JJ Wang over there, <laughs> and then then Dynasty came in. So I mentioned before I've been doing Dynasty since Peterson's rookie year, and Dynasty is like that. I was listening to Nine Inch Nails; it's like the perfect drug.
0: No, I, I mean absolutely. I mean oh. you're you're able to invest in these guys more than you ever can. Like this, I, honestly, Dynasty is pretty much the reason that I veered off from being such a Cowboys fan. Like being a Cowboys <laughs> fan, I would other other than Tony Romo. That's actually, that's, that's a whole other yes. story. That's, the whole, that's a whole other story. But yeah, once I started playing Dynasty, I started to get invested in these guys and I was like, yeah, you know, I just want to root for these guys. Like, I don't really want to root for the Cowboys. Because you know how hard it is to root for Josh Allen while he's playing for the Cowboys? Like, me 10 years ago, that would never happen. But like today, I'd rather Josh Allen put up huge numbers against the Cowboys that I don't even care if the Cowboys would lose. So, I mean, at this point, Redraft is super fun for you know the draft, the in person drafts, and then draft your team. And honestly, it's I don't want to make this sound bad, but the league itself that kind of interferes with my <laughs> dynasty time because now I got to keep track of these five redrafts, redraft leagues that I'm a part of that I really like, but they still take away from my true passion, which is dynasty.
1: And I also find Dynasty is my passion right now. I want to keep redraft in there because I like seeing getting new blood where like there's no chance that I am going to own certain players because guys have them in their dynasty teams and it's gonna take me giving up the farm to get them, which I've I've given up some farms recently to get some decent players, but also when you get into dynasty, the people in those leagues are more vested. So you're not going to have that team that drops off. You're not going to have that team that in week week nine, I have a buddy who always did a redraft with me. And I quit that league the other year to join your dynasty, actually. And I had a buddy who was a good friend of mine who after about week seven doesn't pay attention anymore. He's like, yeah, I don't pay attention anymore. I don't really care, da, da, da. And that sort of ruins the, the league for me. Like when I'm doing something, I want to do it 100%. And dynasty, when you're in dynasty league, you know that even if your team stinks now, you're planning for next year. And speaking of which, as we closed out this year, I think we pretty much are both saying we love the dynasty, but you can expect us, we'll be talking redraft probably a lot more the next month and a half. And in season, it doesn't matter which one we're talking about. We'll hit some redraft, some dynasty in there. But we're going to get ready for a lot of the next discussions in the versus segments moving forward for the next month. are going to be focused more probably on redraft. But I just uh, I'm currently in a dynasty draft where I'm rebooting my team. As in, the oldest guy on my team currently, I think, is Kenny Galladay by about three years. So I traded away some players last year. I traded away Keenan Allen. uh, And I had, uh, of the up till, of the first 17 picks, I had six picks. I walked away at 1.1 with Jamar Chase. I almost pulled off a trade to get to 1.4 because someone reached too far on Trevor Lawrence in a one-quarterback league. But I missed out on getting Najee at four, and I took six with Javante Williams. nine I got Trey Sermon. one I got Michael Carter. As you can see, the team I have is pretty stacked in receivers. And so I needed some running backs to fill in because I got Cam Akers and um, James Robinson are really my only <laughs> running backs at the moment. And then I closed out 2.6 with Amon Ross St. Brown and Justin filled at 2.7 to pair with Josh Allen, who I traded for prior to the draft. So I'm, pre- I'm feeling pretty happy about that, but it's building. It's all about the building.
0: Oh, it's all about the building. I mean, you take the same philosophy that I do when it comes to Dynasty. Um, I, I go young, go young, go young. I mean, I can't, it's hard for me to draft or the trade for of a, a veteran player. I was just like I like to get younger, not older. Uh but like you got Chase, that was fantastic. That's probably where I would have been get that young wide receiver for the next 6-7 years and then just stockpiling running backs. You know, that could possibly hit. I mean, that's that's another great. The like the rookie the rookie draft is like that's what makes dynasty so great. Like yeah. you just keep getting important these guys. Um, but yeah, that's running backs, running backs in the draft. That's usually my philosophy most of the
1: time. I do I do have one team. Usually I go young as well. I have one team where it's so good. The our our big auction dynasty league that you joined a couple years ago last year, and we're working through my team there has gotten so good that I've been trading for older guys because I am at a win now point. And that leads us into part two of the show today. And you when JJ Wang sent this to me in the email is like, Oh, veteran receivers said, no, 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 this is the old guy's show. This is we're doing the old guy's show for a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about old guys who we think are going to step it up. And we wanted to keep it by position because an old guy as a wide receiver is different than an old guy as a running back. And today we're going to highlight three wide receivers. Uh, there's a little, little division on one of them that are old guys that could make a uh, could make an impact on fantasy rosters this year. And generally with old guys, you're not looking at a long range. So when I got Chase, I'm looking for a decade, God willing. When I when we look at these old guys, we're looking at a year, two years, in the dream world, three years. And I wanted to highlight three of the classic old guys. First, let's start with the GOAT Mr. Jerry Rice, we're not even going to worry about how amazing he was at age 33. He had 122 receptions for 1,848 yards and 15 touchdowns. Yes, at age 33. That's how Julio is 32, correct? Yeah. Uh, And then you go, let's, let's move on. Let's skip a bunch of years. Let's go to when he went to Oakland at age 39. Jerry Rice had 83 receptions, 1,139 yards and nine touchdowns. Oh, okay. How about at age forty-one? Sixty-three receptions, eight hundred sixty-nine yards, two touchdowns, but still the dude was forty-nine was forty-one years old. I mean, it felt like as long as he was playing, he should have been forty-nine. Like uh, I said,
0: I grew up watching Jerry, right? like in the like as soon as I started watching football, that's you know, Jerry Rice's prime years. So I mean it was fun to watch. Can't argue that. He definitely, definitely the GOAT. Um outside, of course, outside of the quarterback position. Jerry Rice would be the greatest football player of all time. Just quarterback, so so valuable. It's hard to compensate for that. But yeah, Jerry Rice, fantastic.
1: Yeah, the next two guys will relate closer to my first my first wide receiver. I'm going to bring up. So you, we're looking at um, Randy Moss. Randy Moss, stellar receiver, came out of the gates. And you're looking from 1998 to 2003, he just crushed it. There was nobody better than him in the game. 2004, he had 13 touchdowns still, but only 700 yards. But the other day years, he had 13, 1,200 or more yards. And then he went to Oakland, and it was okay. First year had eight touchdowns, 1,000 yards. And then he was traded to New England at age 30. And that was the monster year, the record-setting year. And then at age 31, he still had th- 69 receptions, 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. At age 32, 83 receptions, 1,264 yards, and 13 touchdowns. You can still do it in as a great receiver. Now, the guys we're talking about today, they are not Randy Moss caliber. They're not the equivalent of another another guy who was great in the early 2000s, Chad Johnson Cinco, whatever crazy name you want to call him this week. Who at age 30, um, at age 31 in Cincinnati, had 72 receptions, 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. At age 32, 67 receptions, 831, and four touchdowns. Now, that's there's regression there, but he's still the dude's 30, 32 years old for a football player, which is ancient, ancient, ancient years. I mean, we're crushing him as far as being old.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean not old. I mean, let's be honest, we're 40, we're, we're old, right? Yeah, you know, these guys to be thirty two years old, yeah, it's fantastic. But you know, people like Randy Moss and Chad John, I mean, they're not they're they're not normal. I mean, they're you know ath- athletic freaks, thirty one years old. They're fantastic. I I think Randy Moss is probably the most exciting receiver I ever watched play. I mean, there was nothing better than watching Dante Culpepper drop back, <laughs> throw the rocket launcher to Randy Moss, who's wide open, like nobody's even nearing, and it was just it was just so much fun to watch. I mean, like I said, most exciting player to most exciting player for me to watch. I never really was a huge Chad Johnson fan, but like I said, he was, he was effective. Absolutely.
1: So the first guy I have is a, is from the Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has been fairly consistent. Like he, he came into the league slow his first couple of years, not much, eight receptions, 12 receptions. Then he started to work his way up. Uh, By his fourth year, he had 91 receptions, 1,200 yards, four touchdowns. And in the the last two years, he has been lights out. So in 2000, last three years, rather. In 2018, he had 113 receptions, 1,300 yards, almost 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. In 2019 is when he was hurt, but he had that pace of, he had 30 receptions for six touchdowns. He was killing it to start the season. My team was rocking, and then boom, he got hurt. Totally devastated my team. And last year, 74 receptions for 14 touchdowns, and that with 900 yards. And that was on a team with Justin Jefferson, who had the greatest rookie season in the history of NFL football. So I went out this season on my super team, one of my really good teams, and I, I bought some Adam Thielen. I think he's going to be 31 by the time the season starts. His birthday is in August, I believe. Let me double check that. Yeah, in August, he will, right before the season starts, he will be turning 31. So he's not as old even as Chad Johnson or Randy Moss. I mean, he's not Chad Johnson or Randy Moss by a mile, but there are two receivers on that team and three receivers if you count Dalvin Cook and maybe the emergence of Irv Smith, Kirk Cousins last year through. 516 passes. I doubt he's going to have the games where he throws 14 and 20 passes like he did towards the end of the season. He was throwing from week 10 on. He didn't throw less than 30 passes from week 11 on. He didn't throw less than 35 passes. I think that's going to be more. He's going to throw over 30 passes a week with with those machines. Adam Thielen, he's not going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to be a, he could be a high end low somewhere in wide receiver two. I could, you, I think he could still get that 75. He could, Maybe get close to a thousand. He's not getting fourteen touchdowns. It's impossible. But now, I said eight touchdowns, maybe. Yeah, not not getting fourteen touchdowns. I just I don't know what it. I
0: just can't buy into Adam Thielen. Uh, yeah, he's been assisting, but put up the numbers. I can't I can't argue any of that. Um, his touchdown to receptions, you know, fantastic. Let's go. I just can't buy into it. My problem is I know that as soon as I buy into it, that's when he's going to fall off the cliff. I I can just you know I can just see it. So I think what he did last year, coming into this season, that's I think that's just the ceiling. I mean, seventy-four catches would be the ceiling. Now I don't see him duplicating that. Um, Nine hundred yards, that made that's like I said, that's the ceiling. I see him getting in yards, and then the fourteen touchdowns. I just I definitely don't see that happening. I see maybe five. I mean, that's where I'm. That's where I'm at with him. Uh, so you take away those five touchdowns. So probably looking at what receiver, 23, 24. 25, something like that, which is probably where I've seen him starting to drop, drop to in that range. Like I said, He's 31. I don't, like I said, he's not Randy Moss. He's not Chad Johnson. He's not Julio. I just don't see him carrying this momentum at any farther than this. Um, so, you know, I, just, I just have just have a hard time buying it. Like I said, I've never bought into him. I'm having a, definitely having a hard time buying into him now that he is 31. Uh, that's just, that's, I just can't. It's hard for me
1: he's falling at the wide receiver 20 on fantasy pros right now, and that's uh, right above the guy, like literally the guy that you're going to mention a second is wide receiver 19. Yeah. And he is a couple years younger. So we're looking at a guy and I'll, I'll take, you're buying him and he's going to, I don't think he's getting drafted here. I think he's getting overlooked and getting drafted later. So what you're going to pay for him, I'll pay the fee. You're going to get him as your wide. He's he, on my team. He is my wide receiver three. I'll take 900 yards and six to eight touchdowns from my wide receiver three any day of the year. So tell us, you got a guy. I told you he was – I said he was the wide receiver 19 on Fantasy Pros and Redraft Leagues. Who's your guy?
0: Yeah, so my guy, I mean, he's all. He's just super consistent. Um, He's always just, you know, that guy, the reliable wide receiver two, um, you you know – He's just never been able to take that step as far as touchdowns go, but I think that's probably more the reason of his quarterback play. He does get the new quarterback this year. And I'm talking, excuse me. I'm talking about Robert Woods. Uh, you know the um, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he's always super consistent. You know, he's that 125, 125 target guy. He's their number one guy, even though their uh, Cup is there. He's still their number one guy. And then with Matt Stafford coming in, slinging the ball down the field even more, we I think we can all agree that Stafford is legitimately a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I mean, there's no argument there. So putting him in that offense, Robert Woods' consistency, it really hasn't changed the last four or five. He's been the same guy the last four years with Jared Goff. So you put Stafford, you know, 29, he's still got like probably up until his 31 year of age to like. Keep doing this, and I think wide, like wide receiver eleven, twelve. Ooh. I mean, I think it's I think it's possible if he can get those touchdowns.
1: That's okay. always been
0: his. That's always been his issue is the lack of touchdowns. You I mean, if touchdown. he if he can get up, he's probably right around that six touchdown guy. Um, if he can get that up to maybe eight or nine, maybe possibly ten. I mean, I think maybe top you know 10, 11, 12, 13 range quarterback. I think it's definitely attainable right there.
1: Yeah, I, I got no arguments there. Matt Stafford just has to be healthy. That's really the key to his. If Matthew Stafford is healthy this year in the McVeigh system, pff, the you you could see a top ten for Robert Woods. <laughs> well, let me phrase that: as long as he ends up being the one who is Stafford going to attach to is really the X factor. There, we know Cam Akers is going to take a step up. Or both Cam Akers guys. It, it, as long as Stafford says Woods is the man, I mean Stafford. And that's the guy he hits for those touchdowns. I mean, Woods hasn't had less than 86 in the last three years' reception. So I'm, I'm 100% on board. <laughs> I got Yes. Anything, so when you
0: see, I mean, I feel like with Stafford and Robert Woods just go good together. Yes. You know, Stafford's got that big arm. You know, Robert Woods just runs down the field. So you, Robert Woods is their deep threat. Cooper Cup can go down there too, but he's more that There's over it. the middle. And then you got Van Jefferson, you know, he's more that over-the-middle guy. Um, Higby, not really a deep threat guy. You got Tutu, you know, who knows. But I think when Stafford wants to let it go, I mean, Robert Woods is going to be that guy. So it's going to be lights out for Robert Woods this year.
1: And you draft Robert Woods at the 45? So the early, late third round, I guess trying to do my math here. So 12 times three is 39. So yeah, I guess fourth round, early fourth round, Adam Thielen right after him.
0: I mean, if you're looking, so if you jump into your draft, um, like your redraft league, you know, I'm, I'm a big running back guy in redraft. So, you know, you go running back, running back, you know, then turn around and get Robert Woods as your wide receiver one in the third round. Uh, Why not? Right. Then you, then you could go Thielen in the fourth, you know, that's, mm-hmm good strategy right don't don't steal it i hope that nobody's you know don't steal don't, my strategy there <laughs> that,
1: that'll be that'll be our versus in a couple weeks because i'm yeah. the opposite so, so i mean be a good discussion
0: so i mean that that works right there along with you know how you want to build your redraft so yeah fantastic who you got next
1: the last guy is the consensus guy we were going to do four guys and we decided to add a segment because we both had the same guy as our second old guy that we want to support and this is Mr. Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones journeyman started out in Cincinnati and then went over to Detroit was a solid guy in Detroit you look the he had in Detroit he's been I didn't realize he's been in Detroit for five years can you believe that three years I didn't realize he was in the NFL this long yeah because
0: 2004
1: he had that injured 2014 he was out with the injury. Then he came back to Cincinnati, had the 103-yard um, season, not as many touchdowns. But then in, in Detroit, he has been the epitome of consistent as far as touchdowns, 9-5, nine, 9-9-9. Nine, nine, nine. His receptions in Detroit, 103, 107, 62, but that's because he played nine games, uh, 91 and 115. So he is a tr- – uh, got the that's his target, sorry. But he's a he's the epitome of a, just a receiver that's going to be there in a, a good – veteran for a rookie quarterback and I think that's the big reason we really looked at Marvin Jones we love the pass catchers in Jacksonville but they need a leader I'm a, I'm a Chenault guy I believe you were a, are you a chart guy Oh chart guy yeah. that's what I was yeah between the two of us we think they're the one and two but Marvin Jones I think is gonna sneak in front of both of them because rookie quarterbacks want somebody that they know They want somebody they can trust. And the highlight really is last year in Los Los Angeles Chargers, when you look at Keenan Allen, who was thrown to Justin Herbert, was targeting and targeting and targeting to the point that I heard the coaches told that Herbert, he had to throw it to somebody else. They said, stop throwing so much to Keenan Allen, spread the ball around. He's like, dude, Keenan's the man. I'm gonna to throw to Keenan Allen. He Keenan Allen had a 19 target week last year. He had double digits in all but one, two, three weeks with, with Herbert last year. So I I don't I don't think Marvin Jones is Keenan Allen. I don't think Marvin Jones is gonna get those kind of stats, but I really think that he will get his. He'll be if you want a wide receiver three that you know every week you can have there, Marvin Jones is your man.
0: Oh. Uh. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think he's going to turn into Trevor Lawrence's best friend. I mean, that, you know, all the people complain about all the bad moves that Urban Meyer has made and what he's done to that team. Like, I don't know if it's Urban Meyer's decision to bring Marvin Jones in. I'm sure he had a big, big hand in that. But he, I think he realized that Marvin Jones is a reliable wide, wide receiver. And with Trevor Lawrence being a rookie, you need that guy that he can count on constantly. You know, he's know he's going to be there. You he know he's going to do the right thing, run the right route, you know, point, point things out for Lawrence. And like I said, just consistency. What, nine touchdowns through the last four years? Yep. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, he can go deep. You know, he's got that short game. I, I think him and Lawrence are going to work out, work great together. And it'll allow Chark and Chenault not to have to be that main target. Um, Get familiarized with Lawrence because I think Jones just going to step in and be automatic.
1: I mean, he's the wide receiver of 50, 117 overall guys. You're getting him in the 10th round. And it really – players that we're talking about today, when you're looking at old guys, it's different for redraft and it's different for dynasty. And dynasty, the only reason you would have these guys on your teams is if you are competing and you need a hole. My team that I was building that I got all those draft picks from, I don't want to have Marvin Jones. I don't want to have Adam Thielen out. I, I traded away Adam Thielen last year to get Cortland Sutton and some picks. So we traded him away because he was lights out touchdowns last year. So it was valuable to that guy who made it into the playoffs. These are guys – so that's the, the difference going back to our redraft versus dynasty. Old guys, you only really want on your team if you are competing. on a din- In a redraft team, it doesn't matter because those guys are off your team in the fall. <laughs> And they're gone at the end of week 17 this year. So that's where you got you to gotta go with those guys. Um, any last thoughts there, Mr. J.J. Wang, for the old guy receivers? No, I mean, we I think we did a pretty good job explaining it. Like I said,
0: these old receivers are more in, long, in line with the redraft mode. These are the guys you can get late after you've already built your great running back group. Um, these guys slide right in, reliable. But yeah, I think there's three solid,
1: Three solid uh, choices right there. So, yeah. So, next week we will highlight some old guy running backs, which is a totally different age. So, we'll hit that like next 24. week.
0: 24 is an old guy, right?
1: maybe 22 <laughs> and a half. Who knows? <laughs> that was a painful one to look at. Uh, we're on to the battle segment. Last week we talked about the battle of this, of the San Francisco running backs. This year, this week we're going to a dumpster fire battle. This is the battle of the New England Patriots running back. So here are currently the seven running backs on their roster. You have Harris, Michelle, Ramondre Stevenson, Taylor, J.J. Taylor, White, Mr. Um, Oh, I just brain farted. Uh,
0: uh... Things Taylor. Right. Thank you. Yes, and it's me. a totally brain fart.
1: Um, you got Bolden <laughs> and then you have Gaffney, little, little younger brother Gaffney um, as the seventh running back on this dumpster fire of his squad. And it's New England. So, you know, when everybody thinks of New England right now on the screen, if we did emojis on our YouTube video, it'd be like a vomit right now. So what are you thinking? Yes,
0: absolutely. But so when you throw in the running backs with New England, you also got to throw in... Cam Newton in that situation if he's going to play. I mean, I think he'll probably get the start. Um, of course, then that takes away a lot, of, a lot of things from these running backs. But once Mac Jones comes in, then you can start focusing on the running backs. Uh, so the, I guess the main focus here would be Damian Harris uh, is the guy you would probably go with. I'm not too worried about Sonny Michelle. He might not even be on the team by the, team, by the time the season starts. Uh, you got James White, you know he's going to be involved just because of his, pat, his pass catching. Then that pretty much leaves you with Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he's, so what happened? Do they treat Ramondre Stevenson like they, like they treated Damian Harris? Like he got, what, four carries in his rookie season? And Damian Harris was way better coming out of college than Ramondre Stevenson. So the way I see it is I think Damian Harris actually gets that workload type, Run in New England. Cam Newton doesn't play the whole season, so he's he's going to get more touchdowns. He'll be the goal line back. So I think top twenty four running back for Damian Harris is definitely on the table. Hopefully that like I said, that's if Cam Newton doesn't play the whole season, which I don't see him. But that re- rests a lot. You know, if Cam Newton plays the whole season, he's going to probably end up with twelve touchdowns again. It's totally, it's totally. um Totally viable. Um, they did have an interesting stat. What was the stat for Cam Newton that we've seen this week?
1: So he is, it, it, since Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, and um, LaShawn McCoy are unsigned by any NFL team, who is the current highest rushing touchdown football player in the NFL, and that would be Mr. Yeah. Cam Newton. My guess was Mark Ingram, and I was correct as far as running backs go. It was a trivia on one of our fantasy threads.
0: Yeah, so I mean once you actually go back and look at it, it makes complete sense. I mean, you're like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you will notice the the 100 percent So, I mean, there is a lot of people. There is a lot of people there, but I think there's a lot of irrelevant people there. You know, JJ Taylor, I don't think he's going to be much of an involvement. I don't even remember the other two guys' names that you said. I apologize. But like I said, it's going to be James White and Damian Harris. I think that's going to be your two guys. I don't think Sony Michelle makes the team and then Ramondre Stevenson comes in next year.
1: I think I don't want anybody on this team. I don't care what they're saying about Harris. Harris is so highly hyped. He's, he's moving up draft boards. I'm hearing a lot about him recently. Like, well, if Harris is going to be the guy because Mac Jones is going to start, Cam's going to not play. Cam's going to get in front of himself. I, I bring back the name. Let's see if you remember this name. Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray had probably the single greatest New England Patriot running back game in the history of New England Patriots. 37 rushing attempts, 201 yards, and four touchdowns. Do you know what he did the next week? Uh zero. Did he get in trouble? He did not play. He yeah, got in I, trouble. Did, yeah, the week trouble. after that, one. And it wasn't like trouble, like legal trouble. It was Belichick was mad at him. One touch. So for the rest of the year, let's go with the rest of the year. He had 14, 20 touches, 20 touches for the rest of the year and one touchdown after recording 37. I don't trust Bill Belichick as far as I can spit. I don't want to run him back on this team. I don't think anybody's going to be a number one, number two. but. For some dumb reason, I am in love with Ramondre Stevenson on my dynasty teams. I don't know because he's cheap. Make zero, make have any zero money. Sense.
0: It does. It does make zero sense. Absolutely. But like I said, I, I've got no love for Ramondre. I'm, I'm not. It's neither here nor there. Like I said, I'm all aboard the Damian Harris train. I think. I think Belichick really likes the guy. He's not going to get in trouble. I mean, he did average five yards a carry, seven hundred yards in ten games. So. You know, you an extra six games. Uh, take Cam Newton away. You know, thousand yards. What eight, nine touchdowns? I mean, it's definitely doable. I I think, uh, like I said, I think Belichick likes the guy. I Think he wants to put the ball in his hands. I think it'll happen.
1: Who knows? You 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 could have your pipe dreams. I'm gonna live with my Ramondre Stevenson, who they have compared to LeGarrette Garrett Blunt, and I will take like Garrett Blunt's 1161 yard, 18 touchdown season any day of the year oh, over everybody in- would, but
0: I'm not that was like Garrett <laughs> Blunt and what six years, seven years into his career. Yep, like he he wasn't a rookie for you know Bill Belichick. I mean Bill Belichick knew what he got when LeGarrette Blount come in, but he knew what he had and he used it. I think he knows what he has in Damian Harris. I think he's got a legit running back and I got him a lot in dynasty. So I'm really hoping.
1: Yeah. So I think we both have hopes because of who we own. We're going to close out today with a, a stunner. This happened over the weekend, the stellar, amazing dream team of the United States basketball team lost to Nigeria. 90 to 87. Nigeria does have NBA basketball players. Anybody who can tell us the name of those players, feel free to yell them out right now. Yeah, that's what I thought. I looked them up. I've never heard of them. One dude played for the G League. I mean, they're solid players, but they beat Team USA by a lights-out three-point shooting And USA. It's America ball. You know, America ball is meatball for the most part. And that led us to thinking at uh, any USA stuff before we go to the next segment here. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed. I mean, I started
0: watching in the beginning. i uh, switched off of it. Cause I didn't think it was going to turn into much, but like, I I'm disappointed. No team with Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard starting should lose to nothing against Nigeria. I'm sure they played a great game.
1: But, what about Kevin Love <laughs> too soon?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, but <laughs> Jason Tatum was on there. I don't, I just don't see how this, I'm they did say this is like the first time they really played together. So, I mean, give them a chance to jail. They might get better, but I don't care. You throw all them guys on the court. They should beat anybody in the world. I don't care what anybody shooting
1: left handed like Larry Bird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Durant should have dropped 60 on those guys. I don't, doesn't, doesn't matter, man. So, yeah, go, go ahead and finish what you were getting to. So,
1: yeah, that, as devastating as that was, it made us think what would be the major, who would be the Nigeria? of the nfl so we're looking at the nfc and the afc we picked team U, uh, team usa for each to, for each um conference and we chose their nigeria so we're we're gonna start in the nfc and jj wang here the nfc team usa is the tampa bay buccaneers who would be their nigeria if they were to upset them and what would it take i mean this is this was kind of hard i mean this you know
0: you kind of want to go with somebody that actually can win um, and I went with the Chicago Bears. I mean, nobody really expects a lot of them. You know, they got the number one quarterback, Andy Dalton, is their number one. You know, they did draft Justin Fields. So I'm looking past Andy Dalton and thinking, what's going to happen when Justin Fields comes in? I'm a big Justin Fields guy. I think he's oh, going yeah. to be an on-fire quarterback. He's going, to, he's going to jump right into it. He can run. So you think I think Justin Fields is a bigger version of Kyler Murray. You know, Justin Fields is 6'3". You know, he's a he's a big dude. He got a cannon arm. He can run. You know, uh Kyler Murray's what five ten. I think. So I think Justin Fields can take the hits a lot better. And he's got Allen Robinson to throw it to. Uh great mm-hmm. year, great year for him, I think, coming up. And then they got uh David Montgomery, a running back, I think very underrated. And the way he closed out last season, like I think he was a top five running back the last six or seven games. He was on fire. Mark, Mark. Yeah. So you bring in Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields opens up the running game with his ability to run. So I think that works together well. You got Allen Robinson uh, what's your boy Darnell Mooney on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. You're a Mooney fan. And then maybe Cole Komet steps in and takes that step. Mm-hmm. And You know they got a good defense, usually. Um, defense is usually pretty good. Probably not on the level of Tampa Bay's, But I think, I think by the end of the season, I think they can make a run. I, I mean, I'm full I think I'm. Well, I think I'm invested in Chicago.
1: Ooh! But
0: then again, yeah. it all relies on me being such a big Justin Fields fan. So, you know, <laughs> it's,
1: just, it's, just, it's just how it goes. He, he was my favorite. I, I loved him coming in. And I, I was glad that in the draft I had today, I got him because in my other two drafts, I ended up with, uh, I have a share of all three of the big three. So I have Trevor Lawrence and our league together in and, and a startup. I did this or not a startup, an orphan team. I get, I ended up with. Um, Lance and this one I got filled. So I get a little bit of, I get a taste of each of them.
0: Yes. So, yeah. I, I, I got all three of them as well. I mean, I make, I had to make sure that I got all three of them. So if Tampa Bay is team USA and the NFC, I guess we can agree that Kansas city is team
1: USA and the AFC. So
0: oh. Who do you, who do you think could make a run at Kansas city?
1: So this as, as with ours, don't take either of these teams that we think they are going to the Super Bowl. I don't think either of us would bet any money unless the odds were really, really good on Chicago going to the Super Bowl. So the team I pulled out here, and it was the first one that we popped up to get when talking, is the Denver Broncos. Now, you heard that right. The Denver Broncos with Drew Locke at starting quarterback, that stellar, amazing quarterback of the year, um, Drew Locke. Now, it's not so much about Drew Locke. Drew Locke is a young quarterback. They're going to give him a chance. They, they brought in Teddy. I think they brought in Teddy more to push Drew Locke and see what they can get out of Drew
0: Locke. He, yeah, he likes... Drew Locke isn't really good. We know that right, right now. Um, yeah, but right. I, think, I do think Denver is more of the Nigeria team than Chicago. I, oh, yeah. do, I do think that. So, I mean, we're looking at a big upset here. And like you said, I said, they do want Teddy to come in and try to push Locke. So they really want Locke to be their quarterback.
1: Why would you not? He does got the big one. I, I always say Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. And you look at the rest of the Broncos. You got Drew Locke. I mean, I'm to me, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. if Teddy plays, they're still consistent. Teddy, Teddy carried 3,000-yard receivers last year. So let's go to the Denver. Let's go to the skill position players. You've got Melvin Gordon. I've never been a Melvin Gordon fan, but he's an NFL-caliber running back. They paid him. They're going to run him. I have heard rumors that Javante Williams might be surpassing him. They might even cut Melvin Gordon. Who knows for what they what they're going to do this year? But either of those running backs, if they use both of them, that'll be smarter because it keeps them both healthy. Because we know Melvin Gordon likes to get nicked up. And then we go to the real stud, the stud power of this team. Cortland, Sutton, Jerry Judy. And then you got Tim Patrick, the unheralded one there. Or and KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. You know, Hamler to stretch the field. You got Cortland and 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 Jerry Judy there on the sides. Of two giant mammoth of a men to throw to. Noah Fant, you got in the tight end position. If Drew Locke can't throw to those four players, he shouldn't be playing in the Arena League.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And last year, he couldn't throw to any of those guys. I mean, if you look at Judy's numbers, uh, Judy did have some drops, you know, that, that was on him. But I think he led the league in uncatchable passes. So, I mean, if you're leading the league in uncatchable passes, how can you be a good wide receiver? So, like I said, in order for this to happen, Locke has to take that next step. He's got to be able to hit a wide-open receiver. I mean, you're in the NFL. I mean, of course, you go back through the years of NFL, you always find these guys that make it here somehow, but they just can't seem to throw when they actually get into the league. Can't hit an open guy for anything. So, that's what all this is. Like, Locke has to be that guy. I don't think Bridgewater can be that guy to help them beat uh, Kansas City. It's got to be Drew Locke
1: and Drew Locke only. And I I totally agree with you in all of those areas. Do I think the Broncos are going to the playoffs? Oh, goodness, no. Do I think (laughs) their defense is going to be much better? Yes. Do I think that the offense should be better? Yes. Do I think they're going to beat the Chiefs? There's no way on earth. (laughs) But Nigeria beat the – Nigeria beat the – beat the team USA and i believe they can as well so as as we head out here i want to we're looking for our first fan email So feel free to email us with any questions. We will answer them live here on the podcast, I guess recorded here on the podcast, not live. That is the fantasycouriers at gmail.com. It'll be in the subject of the podcast section or it'll be popping up on the YouTube screen as I'm talking about. Feel free to like us on Facebook. We're slowly growing the Facebook page or as many Facebook pages. But you can also subscribe to us on various podcast sites, including Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast Breaker, and google podcast so jj wang take us out of here
0: yeah uh, great show today i definitely think we're getting better at this and as always trust yourself and trust the process